You're listening to the Podmania Pro Wrestling Podcast. Just a sample of the best pro wrestling podcasts we could produce on our tiny budget. Check us out on Facebook, Twitter, at Podmania, YouTube, and Instagram, at The Real Podmania. If it's wrestling you want, check out more of our great content at www.podmania.weebly.com. Let's do this. It's the most wonderful time of the year. Hello, everyone. Fuck WrestleMania. Fuck Bound for Glory. <laughs> like anyone watches that anymore, although it's just been announced that Robin Garth will be doing ROH and TNA reviews, so I guess they care. I, I should actually watch Impact. It looks pretty good. I might actually watch Slammiversary. I already dipped my toe in and out of Ring of Honor. I'm seeing them in... Why am I going into my history with TNA and Ring of Honor? How am I on a tangent already? Ladies and gentlemen, it is the G1 Climax. Um, I'm not going to fall behind like I did with the Super Genius, although I already have fallen behind in terms of watching, because I think we're on like day six or seven. I've only watched days one to four, so I have a lot of New Japan action to catch up on, but I'm recording the podcasts in fours anyway how i'm gonna do it is like one to four five to eight etc or five to nine i guess I, i'm bad at maths um till um the finals which i will be covering in one big block one big block <laughs> i get it because it's for g1 um it's been amazing we're gonna get into more detail about that as we go on obviously um there's been a match of that night candidate every night and i know i said about the super juniors but with the g1 it holds much more true much more true so very quickly some non-g1 things i am going to shug's house party next week hyped get fucking hyped it looks amazing we have lighthouse jackie polo on night one which is going to be absolutely incredible as always those two just they hate each other apparently but they do put on a hell of a show in my opinion um gonna get to see jeff cobb live that's gonna be amazing i think i went over most of this last week but yeah shug's house party is gonna be great so that's basically all i have to talk about in the world of wrestling apart from extreme rules there's a pile of shit apparently i mean i watched the main event between ziggler and um rollins because you know it's ziggler versus rollins and that crowd man (laughs) jesus christ that fucking crowd, this is why I love Japan, the crowds are so much better, even at the fucking American shows, the crowds are better, they're not so smarky, fucking I hate smarks, I'm basically biting the hand that feeds me, <laughs> okay let's just get into the G1, before I get into this, it kind of goes without saying, but I'm not even touching the tag team matches man, like, they're literally, they're not meant to be seen by us, it's meant for the live crowd so they can see all their favourites, even if it's not their night, you know, just, I'm not doing it, okay? I just... <laughs> there's enough to review. I'm not even touching the tag matches. I barely even watch the tag matches. Like, I, for the most part, I've been getting up and watching these in the morning. But, like, I'll get up um, around the time it starts, put it on, mute it, go go about your morning thing so, you know, you're getting washed, you're brushing off the teeth, you know, got to keep that hygiene up, but eating for breakfast, some nice little shredded wheat, and then just continue... Like, I'm not even I'm paying attention to these you know I don't need to see Okada and Gato versus Chase Owens and um Tangaloa that's not even a match that's happening but you know who cares okay so let's just get into it first match of the tournament was Makabe and Yoshihashi facing off um I'm glad that they got the most dull match out of the way I'm sorry like block A I'm gonna get into this later on when I'm going over the, the scoreboard at the end of the first four nights but block A is just so 
it's not the best block in the world. Like, block B, every night, whoever's facing Ku is like, yes, this is great, I'm hyped. Whereas this, is like, whoever's facing Yoshihashi, Makabe, or Fale, I'm just sort of like, eh, I, I couldn't care. Like, some Makabe matches I'm looking forward to. I'm looking forward to him facing um, Elgin, because I'm always looking forward to Elgin. But, like, unless they're actually against someone I'm hyped for, that's not going to... It's not going to be a match that interests me. But, you know, this match was fine. Um, they keep putting over on commentary, like, and this is a running thing that people were saying that Yoshihashi shouldn't be in the G1. They should really stop that, because it's just making me go, yeah, why the fuck is he in the G1? Like, even in kayfabe, he has no reason to be in the G1. So, ah, uh, <laughs> other than heritage. Like, Makabe's earned his right to just leave the G1 whenever he wants. Sort of. uh, it's sort of the same with Takahashi with... Um, Yoshiashi were sort of like, he just hasn't earned his keep in the G1, so, this was fine, F fine match, I can't remember anything about it, 5 out of 10. With Makabe picking up 2 points against Yoshihashi, that's possibly the most boring sentence you could say in Japanese wrestling. Next up was a match I've seen shat on just a little bit, but I really enjoyed this match for what it was. It was Hangman Page versus Bad Luck Fale, and it was just a big man versus wee man match. It was really good. Um, Fale managed to not look weak by the Tongans coming in and fucking up Hangman. The rare DQ in the G1 Climax, I sort of like how you can just sort of get away with anything, but outside, um, within confines, so like you can hit each other with chairs and shit, go out into the crowd, they're not going to... Um, count people out but you know you're fine you're not fine coming in and having people coming in and interfere they draw the line there which I think is a good line to draw like within the context of a tournament what they're fighting for so like you would do anything to get it so but being caught getting an advantage like that like where's blatant unfair advantage like if someone has a chair someone else can easily go grab a chair but in this instance of like you're being overran by people so yeah, but but I really like this. I really like um, Hangman as a babyface in peril. It works really well. I'm pretty sure he's doing that at some point in Ring of Honor. He had to have been. I'm trying to think back, but I can't quite remember because he was in a heel stable when I started watching Ring of Honor. And but you know, okay, Hangman is mostly Ring of Honor. I have to draw off, so I have to for babyface stuff if there is any. So I have to sort of think that far back. But no, this was a fine match, and I enjoy big man versus wee man matches. I never won't. Um, I'm gonna give this. 6 out of 10, because I can at least remember it more than Makabe versus um, Yoshihashi. This was a fun match. I I enjoyed it. It was really enjoyable with Hangman getting a win by DQ, picking up 2 points. <laughs> Next up was Elgin versus Evil, which I was hyped for. Everyone was hyped for. I love these two. Everyone loves these two. Watching them, you know. I, did, I have seen a lot of people just go, fuck Elgin, and yeah justified for what he did. I actually need to stop bringing that up every time I talk about him. But, definitely, I enjoyed the match. You know, Elgin sort of has a chip on his shoulder, um, losing the Never Open Night Championship. He has something to prove coming into the G1, and he can't pick up a title shot because there's no champion in the, champions in his block. So he had to just win the G1. I enjoyed That is a nice little story going through the G1 here. And this was a really, really good match. I really, really enjoyed enjoyed it just two hasses going at each other um elgin picks up the win with an elgin bomb i loved the just how many power bombs it took to put down evil that was great like evil he's not coming out of the block strong here but i'm sure he will have a strong g1 i really want um elgin to have a strong g1 like he's the best big man in new japan 
So he kind of has to have a good G1. Like, I don't see him headlining Wrestle Kingdom. I want him to be sort of set up for maybe a New Japan Cup victory. Maybe. Or maybe fighting Goto again for the Never Open Weight title at Bidome. Maybe. I don't want him in a multi-man match at Bidome. I want him in a singles. I'm not the booker, so we'll see. We'll see, but I can see Elgin have a very strong G1, and this was a really enjoyable match. This is actually highly recommended for me. Um, 7 out of 10. Really enjoyed it. <laughs> I'm trying to rate low, so when the, like, the great matches come along with the G1, because there's great matches every day. So if, I'm, if you feel I'm rating things a bit low, I'm doing that to sort of leave room for when like the amazing matches start to happen, which sort of happened for the next two matches. So I guess we'll be getting into that for now. Next up, two of the favourites from Block A um, went up against each other with the ace of the universe, Hiroshi Tanahashi, taking on Minoru Suzuki, renewing their old rivalry, and these two just never don't have a great match. You know, like, this was sort of an archetypal um, Suzuki versus Tanahashi match. We've ever seen one. Um, Suzuki was very heavily going after Tanahashi's leg, and then Tanahashi sort of got his babyface fire back and hit high flow, flow and won. It was great. Um, these two just never have a non-classic match. Um, this, I, this, I don't think this is as good as their match earlier this year. I forget where it was, but they had a match earlier this year where Suzuki gained the never, not never open with the Intercontinental Championship. Which, to be fair, that's probably just because Suzuki's my favorite guy in the New Japan roster, and I was like, yes, my boy, <laughs> go Suzuki. Yes, but no, this match was really good. Um, Tanahashi picking up a win, which is a rarity in a G1. He always seems to come out the gates not very well in the G1, but this time he's come out the gates running against Minoru Suzuki, picking up two points on night one. Always a great way to start. Um, I feel they should have kept this for later on in the tournament, because again, Block A doesn't have that many um, headline matches that I'm desperate to see. So maybe keep that for later on just you know, just because you're always going to have your interest in night one. Um, we already have an interesting match for night one of Jay White taking on Akada next. So this didn't really need to be what it, where it was. But still, a um, really good match. Um, 8 out of 10. Really enjoyed it. I lo <laughs> Suzuki playing the best heel. Tanahashi playing the best baby face. It's just, you can't ask for much more. Crowd were very much behind Tanahashi. Amazing. Lastly was um, Jay White taking on Okada um, with some great story. Like Jay White talk has been talking about how he'd take over from Okada, and this match sort of helped that because Jay White picked up a win against Okada. I was shocked. I which I shouldn't. Me, I'm, me and Rob were talking about it during the G One predictions, not the G One predictions, the G One special predictions, and we think Okada has a lot of people to put over, but Jay White wasn't one of them. Him. Jay White defeating Okada is a big deal. Like, Jay White's sort of become the biggest thing in wrestling since his match with Juice. Like, no one... Everyone was sort of down on him before his match with Juice. And, like, me and Rob did say he was going to be the biggest thing ever after he's had that match with Juice. And he is. And he is the biggest thing ever. And I'm really happy about that. Like, he's just... Like, he's went from no one talking about him to people going, oh, I hope he wins for G1. It would be amazing if he won for G1. That's sentiment I've seen, and I agree with that sentiment. This match was great. I understand it's not hard to have a great match with Okada. Like, basically, if you're not Fale, you will have you will have a great match with Okada. But this was great. Like, Jay White hit some amazing German su suplexes, um, picking up the win over Okada with a blade. I believe with a blade runner. I should have taken notes. I'll take notes for the next one. I'm sorry. 
I, it's just ten. Of, it, it's just uh, somewhat early morning, so you just sort of like, oh, I can't be bothered taking notes. I'll just remember, and then you don't, because this was like a week and a bit ago. <laughs> so, fuck me, like I should just record them and be straight after. I'm, I shouldn't be talking about my process on here. Anyway, great match. Um, I love that Jay White's picking up the win. I love that um, Akada's putting people over. It's just great. I'll give it a nine out of ten. That was just a. It was a great match. I think the surprise of Jay winning sort of helped sort of helped if it sounds like i'm flying through these by the way it's because i have 20 matches to go through which just i know they're all really good matches because it's for g1 but come on like i can't it's not like a pay-per-view where i sort of like okay i have nine matches and approximately half an hour to get through them i can sort of take my time go a bit blow by blow and all that even though i never do um with this it's sort of like oh shit i have 20 matches to go through i'm going to give each of them a minute each so i can have a wee bit of a tangent because otherwise this is going to be fucking ages long i can't go blow blah blow by these things um if there's anything amazing to talk about i will talk about them but <laughs> yeah just i'm sorry it's it's much like the super juniors except there's more more matches like there's four more matches each rotation so on to b block b standing for best this is honestly one of the best blocks in g1 history i'm not joking okay so like very quickly breaking it down you have your upstart sort of trying to find something to prove in juice robinson and tamatonga even though they both been around for ages both um one holding a title um the and sonata obviously i forgot to mention it but like you have those upstarts who can all go and are all great um you have your Goto and your Ishii, Ishii, basically your um, veterans not being able to, um, never sort of reaching the big one, this being their yearly chance to sort of reach the big one. Um, Toriano, um, your wild card, your anything can happen, which is beautiful. Um, your technical masters in Kotobushi and Zack Sabre Jr. And your headliner, either champion or former champions in Naito and Omega, who like are next in line for ace or have a claim to being ace. So it's just great, and they're all amazing workers in their own right, and they're all great. So there's no match I can foresee looking at everyone in G in Block A where I'm sort of like, uh, I I think I'll you know I might fall asleep during that match because I'm because I'm tired. No, like it's just a great block. Just I can't think of a, uh, any block while I've been watching. This is my third G1. Yeah, because I watched the one going um, that Kenny won, and I watched the one um, through not so legal means. I'm sorry, it was expensive back then. <laughs> and um, last year's, which was all on New Japan Pro Wrestling World, and just like not at least while I've been watching, there's not been a better block. And can't complain. Can't complain. This is an amazing block. Let's just jump into the first night of Block A action. Block B action. God's sake, I'm stupid. First match was Ishii versus Yano, which was low key one of the matches I was most looking forward to, because I thought Ishii was just going to destroy Yano, and he kind of did, kind of did. I love Yano's this G1 so far, basically going, oh, um, I'm going to just try be serious. I am a serious person. I am a university graduate. Um, I am going to win this seriously. <laughs> no, you're not, Yano. No, you're not. And just sort of Ishii, just sort of put him in his place in this match kind of but not really um now this was a really fun match um yano still had a little bit of his tricks like backing up into the ropes and doing his ah, ah thing not ah fucking i forgot what he does it, it, I'm, I'm tired and it's like um and yeah that was 
it. It was a fine match. Six out of ten, except I did I do really enjoy the story with Yana. And I look forward to see how that progresses. Join me in night four. I forgot what night it was. I'm fucking stupid. Next up was Tamatonga versus Juice Robinson and I can't actually remember much of this match, to be honest with you. Apart from the Tongan interference, there's not really much I can remember. Tamatonga beat Juice Robinson, I'm pretty sure of a stun gun. It's sad that I can't remember. Juice Robinson's been sort of disappointing so far. But Juice but Tama might be going for the US title, which I'm cool with. <laughs> it's quite sad actually that the US title is basically the lowest down title on the card. Cause it's the best looking title. It just is. Fight me. <laughs> it just is the best looking title. But yeah, Juice has sort of been floundering so far with G1 and this sort of extends to night four. Sort of. Just sort of. But yeah, Tama Tonga picks up a win, two points over Juice Robinson. Next up was Hiroki Goto, the veteran who is looking to go back to the finals. They're sort of pushing over how much of a fluke his G1's final was, which, to be honest, is a bit unfair. Like, on commentary, they were sort of putting over, sort of, oh, he didn't know he was going to get in there until the draw. And it's sort of like, well, he, he was in the same block as Okada versus Tanahashi. You know, there was a pretty good chance he wasn't going to make it. And he sort of did, and he sort of still won that block. So fuck you for not putting it over. Um, but yeah, it was. This was a really fine match. Um, Sonata is always just amazing to watch. He's a future star. He's a future WGP champion uh, in the next five years. He has to be he's just great. Everyone's saying it. Like he's like Evil got all the attention last year. I think this year Sonata's is definitely Sonata's year because he's in just the best block. Like there's just so many matches I'm looking forward to. Him versus Kenny's gonna be great. Um, him versus Ishii's going to be great. Him versus Naito is just going to be I- LIJ Warfare, and I'm really looking forward to it. But no, Hiroki got a wins with the um, G- GTA. Yeah, GTA. Fuck's sake. I- Je- Jesus Christ, I'm bad tonight. Um, he wins with a GTA. Um, I love I love the reverse GTA into the... It's just great. These two worked a good match. It was only it was just over like thirteen minutes. It wasn't even fifteen minutes, but you know they put a lot into those thirteen minutes, and I commend that. Right next up was my match of the tournament. It was Zack Saber Junior versus Kota Ibushi. Kota Ibushi picking up a win of two points, and I just love how Zack Saber Junior moves. It's just like okay, so you may catch me quite a lot shouting at Cody for always putting people in headlocks and waiting and you might see me call him basically the Randy Orton of the Indies because you know that's what it is but like when Zack Sabre Jr. locks something in like he's never stops moving you know he sort of tries to jostle to keep the guy in the same place he finds for a bit looks for a better vantage point he would like dig his knuckles into the guy's ribs if he's in an octopus stretch or something it just works better like it's such it's only a unique style nowadays like people try to copy it but like for the most part it's him who's doing it and it's him it's associated with a lot it's not just you can have a good Zack Sabre Jr. match anywhere I saw him at Discovery in January and <laughs> like he was having a match with Joe Coffey which you know about before that match doesn't salivate you in the same way, you know, you're just a bit of a weirdo. Oh, I should go watch more Joe Coffee matches. Anyway, um, Zach, he had, like, his match, you know, his technical, like, 
methodical. It's one of the few times you can say methodical when it's not code for he was sl- slow and boring, you know. Um, match, back and forth match with Joe Coffey. And, like, it was a great match to watch live because he can just do a style anyway. It's not about how you bump. It's about how you sell. Like, there's not... Like, he doesn't need to take many bumps. His opponent doesn't need to take many bumps. I, I'm sure, like, being stretched hurt, but it's not going to fuck you up quite as much. And it's probably why he doesn't get injured all that often. I don't remember him being seriously injured at any point, you know? So, it's great. And also, when you have Coach Ribushi, which is almost the diametric opposite of Zack Sabre Jr., who does all these crazy bumps, who does all these crazy high-flying moves, who's um, finisher with a powerbomb, a blast ride powerbomb, which is always going to be... A nasty bump to take. Um, but So that Clash of Styles really works. And I really enjoy it. Because it's basically the story of. Right Zack needs to keep Kota from moving. Because otherwise Zack can't. Like he can't keep up with Kota. But why would he? Kind of thing. And it was great. And I loved it. It was 10 out of 10. Without a shadow of a doubt. A match of a tournament for me so far. Just amazing match of your candidate, and I can't gush about this enough. I'm not gonna go blow by blow because I don't want to ruin anything. Also, the fact that I didn't take notes, <laughs> if I haven't made that clear enough, go watch it. It was amazing. Lastly, was Naito versus Omega, and I'm not gonna lie, this ever so slightly disappointed me. It was still great, and I'm still captivated the whole way through. But the problem was, I was just sort of had last year's in my mind. And I shouldn't, because last year's is one of the best matches of the year. If it wasn't for Okada and Omega, actually, in any of those matches, it would be match of the year, in my opinion. So, yeah, it sort of, it doesn't help, does it? Not at all. But um, it was still, I still really enjoyed it. It's still a 10 out of 10. It was still captivating the whole way through. Still a match of the year candidate, minus Okada versus Omega. Goddamn, they're ruining wrestling, aren't they? <laughs> um... But, no, it was really good. Um, Counter after counter after counter, it's so good. These two have never had a non-match of year candidate together in the G1 a couple of years ago and then in the final last year. They're just perfect together. Like, if if um, Akada's not Omega's best opponent, it's Naito, you know. Naito is just getting so much better um, over the past few years. Like, from when I saw him in Wrestle Kingdom 9, um, when I first started watching jobbing out to AJ Styles in a no-right match, you know, and now he's putting on match of year candidates against the best in the world. So, I'm happy. Um, Omega picked up the win, get, gaining two points. Um, I was surprised, actually. I thought Naito had, was going to have this. I thought Naito was going to pick up the win and um, fight Kenny at um, King of Pro Wrestling. So, it's still, it's still up for grabs, ladies and gentlemen. Who's going to beat Kenny to get an IWGP title shot before Wrestle Kingdom? It could be anyone. It could be me. It's not going to be me. Imagine if it was me. That'd be the worst. Then again, he had a great match with a nine-year-old girl. So surely, actually, no, the nine-year-old girl has more athletic talent than me. <laughs> but it's got depressing rather fast. <laughs> Moving on. Match one of night three was Michael Elgin defeating Handman Page in what was a really good match. This is possibly Page's best match. I I think. Nah, not as good as Omega. Not as good as Omega. But it's, it's Paige's best match other than his match of Omega. It was stellar. Um, Elgin pulling some great things out of him. Again, the big man versus wee man match that we all know and love. It's always fun. And again, Paige makes a great baby face in peril. There's no um, DQ to save him this time. 
he got overpowered by Elgin. Um, he kept going for the right of passage, which I thought was a bit stupid. Like I know he could actually probably do it, but Elgin's not taking a right of passage. So <laughs> here we are. Elgin wins with the Elgin bomb, and it was a really good match. Really strongly recommend it. I'm really flying through these because I just saw what the timer is, and Jesus Christ, I don't want this to be 30 minutes of one-minute reviews. So <laughs> I'm just flying through these. But yeah, really good. Recommend it. Elgin's now on four points. And then on to Evil versus Yoshihashi. Evil beats Yoshihashi. I have nothing else to say. It's a Yoshihashi match. <laughs> I'm going to bury him a lot this tournament, just just to be warned. Next up was Makabe versus Suzuki, which sort of went as much as it was, as much as I thought it would, actually. This was brutal. Like, they fought into the crowd. Like, Suzuki is always going to be brutal. They were going to attack each other with chairs. It's just all... It's all just destruction, and I really enjoyed it, and... Suzuki can pull an awesome match out of everyone. Makabe, although Makabe went over Suzuki, which means he is joint first in block A. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> like, he went over him with the um, King Kong knee drop or whatever it's called. I forget what it's called. And beat Suzuki. This makes sense from a, in KFA for the IWGP champion. Um, but normally has a good showing for G1, but Toga Makabe beat Minoru Suzuki. <laughs> like, it shouldn't be a surprise, but it is. I love the G1. Um, this is almost as much of a surprise. Like, it's, it's almost like Tiger Mask leading the Super Juniors at this stage um, during the Super Juniors. It's just sort of like, fine, but really? I hope to do. I hope Suzuki had a comeback because I really want. I really want him to win. Please win. Please win the G one. Please, 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 Minero. Please. I once had a dream that he was trying to kill me. That's not healthy. That's not healthy. Next up was Fale versus Okada, and it was a Fale versus Okada match. We've seen a million of these, and Fale won after some fuckery with the other Tongans. Cool. Kill. Um, again, I like Okada not being on any points at this stage. Like, I like him falling down just a little bit after his title run. I think that should all. I think that's a good story to tell. That should normally happen. Is either that or keep him as strong as before, which is very hard to do. So I think having him fall down a little bit is a good idea. And he still looks a little bit strong because of the interference. I'm fine with this. Fale has to pick up a big win somewhere. So here's his big win with a G1. Hopefully, it's his only one. <laughs> And then Jay White beat Hiroshi Tanahashi in the main event of the night in a 25-minute match. was really good. I think maybe it went a little bit longer. I think maybe you could trim off five minutes, redistribute it throughout the card, and not have anyone overall suffer, especially not in this match. But this was a fun match. Um, Jay White resorting to some heelish tactics. He's always just great to watch. And him beating basically the two biggest stars in the company other than Omega, um, he's be actually he's beaten the, all the biggest stars of the company this year. He's beaten Omega, he's beaten Tanahashi, and he's beaten Okada. So, yeah, it's fucking like he's no one's been this strong after losing a title in a long time. I'm really looking forward to seeing what else he does in the G1. This was another awesome match, as good as the one of Okada the other night. I would definitely recommend it. Jay White now sits on four points in Block A. We'll be breaking down the points at the end of these four night at the end of the podcast but yeah all re a really good match and i love that jay white is currently basically leading block a he's the strongest looking person in block a like he, he could not 
he could only go up and um, win another two matches against fucking Yoshihashi and Makabe and come off as strong. So I'm really looking forward to seeing how the rest of his tournament goes. <laughs> I see the end of the tunnel, last five matches, block B, night two, night four overall of the G1 Climax. Let's get going. Jesus Christ, this is taking a lot out of me. Um, Sonata versus Tamatonga. Um, good match. Um, these two are the upstarts. I love Tama trying to put um, Sonata in the... Um, ah, I forgot what it's called. Put him in the knot and then not working. <laughs> like, I love it when people do that. And like Sonata did the most brutal dropkick in the Trumble Lock that I've ever seen in this match. It was great. Um, Sonata picks up a win over Tamatonga. It was a fine match, really good match. Um, not the best of the tournament. I don't think it was going to be, but you know, it's two upstarts from the two big heel factions. Well, it's book club here. It's weird. Um, it was fun. It was fine. Next up, I don't care what people say. Zack Saber Junior versus Toriano was a low key match of the tournament. It was full of like Zack Saber Junior wizardry and Toriano bollocks. Like Toriano tried to wrestle Saber Junior, but then like Junior tries to count him out twice. He's sort of like, I, "You're not worth me trying to tap out." So he like sort of took him into the crowd. Ref starts counting. Get um keeps him in a, in a submission to like sixteen, seventeen. Runs back, and then Yano like runs back and is sort of like um out of adrenaline, and then um they go back outside. Saber locks him up in the barricade when goes back in and Yano gets in in the nick of time. This I loved this and I love by the end Yano was just sort of like, Okay, wrestling him isn't working, I'm resorting to my bollocks and <laughs> that he did. I love when Saber catches Yano's yo blow and uh, low blow and turns it into a submission. It's just great. Saber of course picks up a win if fucking Yano had beaten Saber. Ah, uh, God, I, that would not bode well. <laughs> that would definitely not bode well. Awesome match. No complaints from me. There never will be no complaints from me with this. Um, Yano, I will defend to the end of time. He's just hilarious. I love him. Um, this was a really good match. Zack Saber Jr. picking up his first two points in the G1. Next was Kota vs. Juice, which was as good as a Kota vs. Juice match you'd expect it to be. You know, they only had 13 minutes. They fit a lot into these 13 minutes. But, yeah, it was fine. Like, I, I'm sort of just rushing through these now, unfortunately. just I don't want this podcast to be too long. But it was really good, um, really athletic, as you'd expect from these two. Um, Juice is still to pick up a win. Kota picked up a win, by the way. Um, Juice is still to pick up a win, which is really interesting to me. I'm curious to see where this goes. Because this can go one of two ways. Ways this could go, Juice not picking up a win. I'm being accused of being a paper champion, which I think could be an interesting story, but also a dead shame for him. Um, or Juice could make some sort of comeback. Like I don't want Juice to be in the lower echelon, like which is very much, again, it's very much a possibility. Based, um, a lot of this group are the champions. What you have, um, Omega, Goto, and Juice, basically the three heavyweight champions. So. <laughs> Yeah, apart from Jericho, I wish he was in the G1. That would be great. Shouldn't go on that tangent. But yeah, this was really good. Um, Go check it out. Next up was Ishii versus Naito. And they're just never going to not produce a fantastic match. Um, Definitely one of the matches of the tournament so far. I'd rank it fourth. Fourth. Like, it's just 
very hard hitting. Like these two just hit each other with such velocity. They obviously trust each other very much. They hit each other with such force, and it, I was wincing through a lot of this match. They hit each other very, very hard. And Naito picks up a win with Destino. This it's it's an Ishii versus Naito match. Like I know that shit that sound makes it sounds more mundane than it is, but it's always amazing. You never know who's gonna come out on top. These two always seem to be so evenly matched. Um, I love the story Ishii always gets told. Um, in the G one being he on his day he can be anyone, but being the underling in chaos, he sort of just never has the chance. I love that the G one is his chance to show that he is one of the best like picking up a win over Ishii like that's a big deal for anyone and even Naito who is one of the best he was the AC championship um, champion earlier this year he, he headlined Tokyo Dome it's still a big deal for him to pick up a win over Ishii so I think that's pretty kill that's never not going to be kill so amazing match go check it out and lastly it was Goto versus Omega another great one <laughs> Omega is just I don't think there's a single opponent who's going to be thrown this time out where it's not going to be an amazing match. <laughs> We're getting Omega versus Ishii, which is always great. We're getting Omega versus Sonata, which is going to be great and athletic. Omega versus Tamatonga, which has me salivating in the mouth. Um, but no, this was really good. They brought it out into the crowd, which is something you always want. You always want to see people brawling out into the crowd because <laughs> um, that's always fun. You you need that at least in at least once in the G1 or in any tournament like this. Um, Omega hitting a moonsault. Uh-huh. Wow. Yes. Yes, yes, yes. Um, that um, hitting moves on the ramp. I'm pretty sure he hit one ring lane jump the ramp. That looked nasty. So nasty. Like, he's basically, I'm surprised he just didn't fall down the stairs. Like, whenever someone bumps up there, it is always, always, always nasty. Um, Omega picks up a win of a one ring lane um, again, on commentary, not putting over Goto reaching the final, more just going, oh, he was lucky to get to the final, which I don't like, I don't like that story, even still, but yeah, amazing match, 10 out of 10, great way to end off the night, is Omega, is there a point where Omega's not going to be headlining in any of these, I don't know, but all I know is that it was a great match, and yeah, it's just, <laughs> it's, I, you can't put into words really how good an Omega match is and how good he's been like he's had two like Meltzer's released his star ratings and now I don't think the most important things in the world that is two five star matches now for Omega in G1 and on Cage Fight it has 8.82 for one match and I forget it was very close for the other match as well so like it's not only Meltzer really enjoying it fans are really enjoying it and it's just you can't put Omega over him enough he's just amazing and I'm I'm changing my mind. Maybe I think he might just be the one to uns to break the streak of a champion not winning the G1. But we're gonna get into that now, right, folks? Here's the lay of the land as we go into the next four days of G1. Um, first of all, block A. Um, Elgin and Maccabee and Jay White are all at the top and four. Um, Evil, Fale, Hangman Page, and Tanahashi are in second with two. Suzuki, Okada, and Yoshihashi at the bottom with zero. Now, um, Elgin and Jay White being on four makes perfect sense. They're both people who make sense, but they're doing great out of the gate. Makabe should not have four. <laughs> I don't know why they've put Suzuki um, on zero. 
Makabe would be fine on two. Hizuki did not need to lose that match. I, I, he better pick up a point soon. I fucking swear to God. Um, Fale being on, um, everyone in second place completely makes sense. Tanahashi isn't going to win the G one in this day and age. So him being in two is a pretty nice thing. And Okada being on zero is other than Jay White being on four is the headline coming out of this. He is putting over people left, right, and center, putting over Jay White, and then. Uh, putting up a fale, I want to see this continue. Like I don't want to just say, see Okada go on a losing streak, but yes, let's see Okada go on a losing streak. He just—he was just the champion for two years. Tell the story of him falling from grace, and then when he rises back up, people will accept it. <laughs> you hear that WWE? Let someone fall from grace, Roman. Um, but no, again, Blockade is overall is overall weaker. Like if just looking at like a Macabre, okay. In terms of matches I'd watch just because of one half half there, there's Tanahashi, Suzuka, Okada, and Jay White and Elgin. And then, like, Makabe, like, Evo, and all that. I just wouldn't watch it just on their strengths alone. So, but whereas it's like that in Block B with basically all of them. It's not really like that with many people in Block A. So that sort of brings down the block as a whole. But, you know, Block A... Um, it's shaping up quite nicely. Any, it's still anyone's game. No one is especially pulling ahead, apart from the three mentioned. But that's it. Uh, that's the same with basically any G one. So it's anyone's game still in block A. No one's pulling away, which is going to be the same with anything at this stage. But I might as well save a lay of the land before we wrap up the podcast. And block B, we have the Golden Lovers of Ibushi and Omega pulling away with four apiece. I think they're gonna, they might go undefeated until the last night, which I would love. I think that is a great way to do it. Although Omega, that's, that's a lot of contenders Omega will be going over. But again, in terms of actual contenders, the only real contenders left are Ishii and Sabre. You know, Sonata... Um, Tama actually could be challenging at any time soon, but like Yano, people like that, they're not going to be challenging for the IWGP title. So it's, you're not really losing much, even if they put in like a really good losing effort, that will do them fine against Omega. And then Ibushi isn't holding the title, so it, it could. There's some really good storytelling t- potential there. Um, Goto, Ishii, Tonga, um, Naito, and Sabre Junior are all on two. Again, anyone to play for, Juice is still on zero, which, much like Suzuki, I don't know why that is. Well, I know why that is, because he was against people who are more hot than him right now, which is weird, considering he just had a match to be a candidate. And Yano is on zero. I have no no reserves about saying he's going to go back to bollocks and start picking up at least two wins before the tournament's out. But that's the lay of the land for Block B. That has been the Young Line Podcast. Go follow me over on Twitter at Oman97. Go follow Podmania on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, and on YouTube. Um, give us a comment. Give us a subscribe. Tell us what you think of the G1, because I've been really enjoying it so far, because, you know, it's for G1. But have you been ultimately disappointed? Is this your first G1, hearing about how I was a match of the year candidate every night? And then you watch night three, and it was sort of like, yeah, it's all right, but it's not the best thing ever. Or, or, or is this, are you a veteran of the G1, and you're not, you're happy or disappointed either way? Please let us know. Um, go read my stuff over in Light and Nerdy. My Chris Benoit piece just came out after ages. It's been in editing for a while. I it just the site got backed up but re- go follow me over there um that's a controversial opinion waiting to happen um i look forward to week um days five to nine gonna be absolutely amazing i'm gonna stop stuttering now 
um, been great. See you guys.